a Pulp MX Network production. With your support of our sponsors, we have reached over 800 podcasts and counting. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, support your moto addiction by buying from our sponsors. It's the Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. Presented by Fox Racing. The original moto podcast. Featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the MotorcycleSuperstore.com RacerX podcast. Go to MotorcycleSuperstore.com, punch in the code PB dash pulp 16 uh peanut butter dash pulp 16 and uh save uh at motorcyclesuperstore.com over 700 trusted brands do you speak moto because motorcycle superstore does uh those guys are out riding and when they're not out riding they're out working and uh working with 700 trusted brands to uh, get you everything you need top brands uh in all the gear accessories tires parts and apparel they got it uh, motorcyclesuperstore.com check their prices and uh, use the code and uh, and save bro um, thanks for listening to these podcasts. Appreciate it. I'm Steve Mathis. This is presented by Fox Racing, foxhead.com. Visit your local authorized Fox dealer. If your dealer doesn't carry Fox, go somewhere else because they should carry Fox. The global innovation leader in motocross racewear, and that is Fox Racing. And uh, we thank those guys for coming on. Appreciate it. All right, let's get into it. So this podcast is going to be a combination of different things, uh, straight rhythm, uh, Monster Cup, maybe some silly season talk. Uh, Stew Bros, we got to talk about Stew Bros, um, and um, whatever else comes to mind. We've been off for a little bit, and we thought we'd get together and uh, and talk. So, of course, I'm Steve Mathis. With me on the line uh, from uh, RacerX Online and RacerX Magazine and EnduroCross and GNCC and uh, Quad Racing is uh, the Jason Wygant. Yeah. What's going on? Well, we should have done one after Monster Cup. Yeah, what we happened? Should have done one after Straight Rhythm. Here we are. Yeah, and it's late where you are too. I really admire this 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 effort, this digging deep. We, we just need to get this done. We just need to get this done. This has been too long, so I don't care. Yes, we're starting at midnight Eastern. I will be up in less than six hours now to get the kids ready for school. But mm-hmm. this is what it takes. I like the it's commitment. It yeah, it's good. It's like you really want it, man. You want it. You just you know, it's like Carmichael yeah. in a in this prime. Yeah, Wardy's 93 straight days of riding during the season. Mm-hmm. Nothing on me. Yeah. Remember when Ricky's got his ACL redone and he missed all the Supercross and came back at Hangtown and just worked everybody? It's kind of oh, kind of guy man. you are. Race Direct's front and back cover. Remember that? Yeah. Seabiscuit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was on oh, yeah. Yamaha then, and we're like, ah, we'll see, man. It's a long time off. Maybe he's not that good, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, that was a that was the one. Like, well, he's never come back from injury. Maybe yeah. and, there's a problem. And then there was uh, the U.S. Open where his Suzuki broke, and you're like, ah, Suzuki, we got him now. Piece of crap, Suzuki's. Yeah, that didn't work out either. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, also on the line, two-time German Supercross champion, uh, Alpine star hawker now at WPS slash Fly Racing, Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? Too much. Seems like it's been a minute. I think the last time we did one of these, I was uh, was that Motocross Nations or we did a, did we do a? I don't think we did a Monster Cup one, right? No, no, we just talked about that. I'm we tried to. We tried to. I'm significantly calmer than I was the last time we all were together. 
Yeah, I like uh, Adam Wheeler did a profile on you on his great uh, on-track off-road. He called you the voice of reason on Pulp. And uh, to that, I say, uh, yeah, have you ever seen him after Motocross of Nations? Some voice <laughs> of reasoning there. So, um, Oh, I thought of another Carmichael time, too, where uh, uh, 0-3 San Diego, he absolutely weeds it off a triple, like cartwheels onto the pavement, he clips, he goes off the side of the track, and somebody's on the Yamaha on the headsets going, oh, he's out, dude. He's out for tonight. Like, he's done. That was gnarly. He uh, will be, you know, medics are over there. And eh, he came out that night and probably won or got second anyways behind Chad. So, <laughs> literally. He, I remember. He, he crashed into Whoops in a man. I think, yeah, second or third. I only remember this race because one of my buddies from New Jersey flew out. He was going to move to San Diego so he could surf year-round instead mm-hmm. of taking the winters off. And then one weekend hanging out with people in Southern California, and it ruined him for life. And he's like, uh, yeah, F that. I'm never moving out here. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I think he went to one. We went to the after party. Yeah, and that ruined him for life on California. That might do it. That could do it. And the Supercross after <laughs> yeah. party, that's very, yeah. very much could do it. Did he have a bracelet? Yeah. <laughs> hmm? Bracelet or no bracelet? The after party. Uh, yeah, I don't even know if there was. It was weird eras back then. It wasn't Monster. I don't even know. Were there bracelet days? It was just the Jamie Grocer days. I don't even know. People's champ. Yeah. Uh, the Grocer, look, grocer, grocer made me shake my head many, many times. But his after parties were okay at times. People did go. Yeah. Riders did go. Yeah, like it, that's it, why we were going. Right. I thought it was going to be great. Mm-hmm. Right, JT? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you were at a bunch. Grocer's parties? Yeah. Yeah, they were a good time. He would always get up on stage hammered and start yapping. Yeah, no, he, crowd. He, he would act like he was on the level of MC and Emig and those guys, and that's what really perturbed me. Like, great job. Stay in your lane. Your lane is at organizing these cool after parties. Stay in that lane. Get the mic down. <laughs> but they it were good. Impressive. It was impressive, though, that he could make a living. I mean, he, he was not a great dirt bike racer. But he was able to make a living off of promoting himself and yeah. you know doing these after parties and stuff. It was it was actually really impressive on a business side. Yeah, I think he's still doing well business wise. Yeah, somehow he sold these companies on like, hey, I'm a professional supercrosser. He sold these companies on like results don't matter, and they they said, okay, cool. You know, we should do that now. We need that now. <laughs> results don't matter. Just invest in well, our he's sport. Killing it with the, he's killing it on the. Um, with that whiskey, I think. I remember one time yeah. he, he was like... He's going to end up being the richest person that's ever been involved in this industry when it's all right. said and done. exactly. He, yeah. uh, one time he was like, who wants to meet some Supercrossers? And then he was like, Jeff, like Emig and Phil, come on up! And no one would come up. And he's like, come on! Come on! And no one would go up. <laughs> like, wow. Oh, but they did go? Those guys did Yeah, go they them? went. Those guys went. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. I mean, wow. I think it was I mean, just, yeah. It was one of those things. So, anyways, uh, enough of talk about that. Um, Monster Cup straight rhythm. We, uh, I did not watch a single second of straight rhythm. Uh, I probably should have by now. It's on the app, on Red Bull app, and it's great archives. I was in Cabo and uh, not really thinking of that race, but you were there and you worked with um, uh, uh, RJ again. RJ is yeah. just, I mean, does it get any better than RJ? <laughs> 
No, it doesn't get any better than RJ for for a multitude of reasons. I mean, I still hold David Bailey in the absolute highest regard as far as the specifics of uh, color analysts breaking down the job. Mm-hmm. But RJ just brings so many other things to the table. You know, I mean, just stories and, and, and other things. I mean, Bailey's absolutely excellent at what he does, but, but RJ's RJ, man. I mean, you did your podcast with him, what, a week or so before that. I mean, mm-hmm. RJ's great. Yeah. He is like uh He's like the perfect stripper. He just gives you what you want, tells you what you want to hear. Just, just he, all. He was telling me stories about Unadilla '87, and I, I don't know how much of this is true. Like, maybe those guys really did put this much thought into it back then. But he talked about how he said, "Well, I knew to roost those guys because muddy that day." He's like, "I learned that because we'd go to Carlsbad, and sometimes the track would be overwatered, and I knew there'd be two puddles out there, and I would walk down the line and look at how many tear-offs each guy had, and if anyone had only one or two tear-offs on, I knew they were vulnerable, and I would purposely go where the mud was on those two holes and get them and ruin their race. And I'm like, did these guys really analyze this stuff to this degree? Like, really? Uh, yeah, that seems... He walked down the line and counted everyone's tear-offs? Wow. Wow, yeah. No, I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, seems strange. Seems strange you'd be Ricky I, Johnson. I, I love and, it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the old school guys, these stories are just epic. That's what I'm talking no, about. No, I know. No, RJ is, is, is you're like, yeah. you, just, you just tell me a story, RJ. Tell me another one and yeah. another one and another one. Yeah. Um, uh, he told me about when he came back from the wrist injury at 89, Unadilla GP, and Bale was the guy. Mm-hmm. And he and Lunas, like how they had to work to break Bale, break him down. You know, it was hot out. They had to let him know it was hot out. I'm like, man, just keep it coming. Keep yeah. Going. Keep talking. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so the straight rhythm, I love the idea of it. It's cool. They did it at night this year as opposed to during the day. But I, I sense, I sense, well, again, I was in Mexico. So maybe some of this is, 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 you know, I, like last year I posted up on the couch and I watched the whole thing and, and whatever. So maybe this isn't a great, um, take on it, a great hot take. But in talking to people that were going before the race, talking to people that were there after the race, um, I sense a lack of enthusiasm for this event in 2016 that maybe we'd never seen before. The depth certainly wasn't there of riders. But maybe yeah, that's I would agree. more or less than Monster I would Cup. agree. Um, coming into it, it definitely didn't have... First year, I was like, wait a minute. This could be superb. And then when they actually did it, like going into it, I thought it'd be good. Then when they actually did it, I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. they really might have something here if they can get the big names. And then when Dunge and Roxon were added in last year, I'm like, it's on now. There's no stopping this freight train. Mm-hmm. I would have never thought that going into year three would actually be like, wait, is this even long for this world? Um, it turned out better than I think expected, considering the field. But I'm still a little worried about where the, the future is going to be in this one. I think it's cool, but, I mean, when dudes don't show up, dudes don't show up. We've seen one of those to those USGPs also. Yeah. What did you think, JT? I thought it was kind of like the Monster Cup. I thought it was a bit underwhelming. Um, the turnout wasn't great. You know, Monster Cup turnout was better, but neither of them were great as far as a really deep field and having a ton of excitement. Um, I just feel like there's a lot of uh, a lot of people are taking some time off. There was a lot of change around the industry, people switching teams and, and people trying to heal up and work their deals out. So uh, I just think it was a bad year for having – you know, having all the guys there. And, you know, when you have legitimately 10 superstars missing from the, the 450 lineup, 
that that takes a toll on you know the excitement level. So um, I think it'll it'll be a nice build up to Anaheim because all these guys will be back. But it was uh, it was the least excited I've been for those two events in their history. You know, the Monster Cup obviously has been around in, in one form or another for a long time. Basically, it's the same event that the U.S. Open has been for almost 20 years now. Um, but that's the that's the least excited I've been about it. And I had I had a good time, but going into it, I. But other than the top three, there wasn't really any storylines at all, I didn't feel. Electric bike. That was a storyline at Red Bull, for sure. We each, yeah, I mean, but is it something to get excited about? I, I was. No. Yeah, I was. I was, I was. You were excited for the electric bike. Yes, I was shocked. Get it? I was shocked sure. at the way the electric <laughs> bike did. Um, no, I think so, Weege. What was the vibe for the Alta bike? No, it was, it was big, and I feel the same way uh, that J2 was saying. Like, the event ended up being good. I had fun. I think everybody that was there had a good time. The racing for the win was good, but definitely the coming into the event hype um, was not where it normally is, and maybe that's exactly that. I mean, I know that's what, J2, you were saying about Monster Cup, but I feel the same way uh, about straight rhythm. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, the hype for electric bike or the buzz for the electric bike uh, it was big. The two stars of the show of Straight Rhythm were the electric bike and Ronnie Mac. So that <laughs> I tells you. I don't know if that's right good. There. Is that good? I don't know if that's good. <laughs> I, I give them credit for saying, like, okay, we might have to bring out some gimmicks here to make this thing work. Like, at least they did that instead of just doing nothing. But uh, uh, it. Definitely, yeah. When when Josh Hill and Ronnie Mack are your stars, that's maybe not the best situation. <laughs> I, I heard retired. I heard a lot of get it get it out of Pomona for one. Get it somewhere cool. Is that mm-hmm. maybe in the works at all? Or anybody talk about that? Yeah, I think it might be. I mean, the problem they have is uh, you can't really move it out of Southern California because uh, you're yeah. barely getting riders show up as it is. If you right. make them get on a plane again, you can really forget about it. So, you know, I think the real potential for this event is you could hold it down a city street but of all places southern california is like the land of not really cities you know where do you do it long mm-hmm. beach yeah downtown la san diego like i don't know if it the vegas strip california is known for sprawl not cities i don't know how that works there right um, um but the electric bike uh that was that was hot man people were pumped on it yeah i think it was good that was cool but yeah the depth you, go ahead I think if you could get it, um, which is never going to happen. I know this is pipe dream, never happens ever. But I think the only way to right. really make it a spectacle is to have it on the strip in Vegas or basically down like Hollywood Boulevard or, you know, I don't know what street it would be, but Rodeo Drive or something where it's just you get a star-studded deal out of it. Other than that, I don't ever see it really just kind of blowing up. Um, that's the only way with, with Red Bull behind it, they could lean on enough people to get people there if they had it, something like that. But, um, I think it's probably close to the ceiling if they keep it in its current venue. I don't know. Uh, Jeremy Malott at Red Bull. Good guy. All friends of Mm -hmm. ours. We like him. Uh, this was his baby, his invention. I don't know who his boss was or is boy. Would I like to have been on the other end when he goes, yeah, uh, Mr. Uh, so-and-so. Yeah, uh, James Stewart's not coming. Um, he's not going to be there. Um, yeah, yeah, I know we pay him. Yeah, yeah, his check went out last month. Yeah, yeah, he's just, he's not going. I don't know how. 
I mean, <laughs> Monster makes Eli Tomac and these teams go to godforsaken Glen Helen to race in front of 300 people. Um, I don't know how they can't get James there. That would have been a big, a big deal, and they, they couldn't make it happen. Red Bull going well, to great lengths to prove they don't force riders to, uh, to race events. They, they, congratulations. They've officially proven that they do not force their athletes to race. I hope that feels good at night. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure like they could even get a hold of him. I I'm shocked he wasn't there like on something on on the altar. I don't know. Like something, you well, know. Does it look any was it look any better that Ken Roxon literally actually raced 7 days before at Monster Cup and just didn't do this? Is that is that not worse? Yeah, how did that happen? What what went on there? Honda launch. Yeah, that's pretty important. They pay him more. That was what the official yeah, line was, right? Yeah, that's the official line. I don't think the Honda launch uh, rolled it all the way into um, Saturday. Yeah. But uh, I believe that was the official the official line, too. But that one is almost more puzzling to me, only because Stu, who even knows? Like, maybe he's just retired. I don't even know. But Roxon just raced. He yeah. just raced. Stu makes, uh, Stu makes our straight rhythm so much better. Dragon back, bro. Right off the dragon yeah. back. Whoops, bro. You know? But yeah. 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 I don't know on that track. Okay, so, on, mm-hmm. I felt on that track you couldn't push the limit like you could the prior year. It was almost more of a rhythm, like the, the name of the, the race wouldn't kind of uh, make you think of. Like the, I felt the reason Marvin won is because he's so precise and so smooth, and he's it's just a great, you know, kind of event for him to excel at. Where the year before when Stu won, man, if you really wanted to take some chances and you wanted to just lift the front wheel and grab a handful going into sets of whoops, you could do that. And that's you know obviously what Stu does better than maybe anybody alive is just he can push the limit further, and it bites him, yes, but I still feel like he can push it further. Uh, but I didn't think the track was the same this year. I, th- I felt like being smoother and uh, more precise was was more key than maybe the two prior years. I like to see. Yeah, I agree. I, one of the theories I heard, um, Stu really won it by what jumping the dragon backs and then just having because of that, yeah, ridiculous balls out speed entering the whoops because of that. It was that dragon back and whoop combo. So I kind of heard the theory without dragon backs on the track this year. And, JT, you've had to ride these, so you you would know. But it's like, Dragonbacks are tricky, and they're kind of scary. And if one dude's willing to jump all the way over it, and everyone else is like, nah, and it's a 50-second race, like, you just know you're going to lose. There's no way you're going to beat them. So it kind of just eliminates. The riders are going to the line pretty much saying, well, I'm not going to jump that Dragonback, and Stu is on out. So by eliminating that is kind of the theory of at least everyone goes to the line thinking, if I get everything clean, which I can do, uh, maybe I have a chance. And the racing was much closer this year, and I think it's because of that. So, yeah, I think you're right. It didn't have anything where you could just throw balls out um, and win just because of that. I agree. Yeah, I don't I don't know if that's better or worse for the event, uh, but I definitely think that, you know, that's that's the, what happened as far as the track design this year. And uh, I think it was better. The racing was closer, and I think that's why at the end of the night I was like, ah, this actually was still pretty good. It was better than I thought it would be going in. I think the track keeping everything – I mean, some of those runs were pretty close, man, and it's hard to not get excited about that. 
Now, Ronnie Mack, like, legitimately made it into the night show? Ronnie Mack um, rode the track a little bit on Friday, mm-hmm. and he was going so ridiculously fast that he then requested to compete. He was going to just do an exhibition race, which he also did, but he was – uh, Kyle Cunningham, I think, was out there. They mm-hmm. had a couple dudes just testing the track. Yeah. And he was way faster than Cunningham. And then it suddenly was like, well, wait a minute. Huh. Can I just race? So he asked. And then I think the Red Bull people didn't know exactly what to do. You know, it kind of, does that make it a sideshow or does that just make it cool? But he absolutely earned it. The problem was that his bike broke. Shock. <laughs> <laughs> On uh, Saturday. So, um, he wasn't quite as sharp. But I mean, if you saw the run, he got beat by Jordan Smith, but he, Definitely wasn't a joke out there. As it wasn't a joke. He was legitimately fast enough to get in. He was seventh quickest out of eleven guys that were uh, entered. He wasn't even the last guy in. We could, it took eight. If you really want to get a little crazy, if Malat wanted to get a little crazy, he could do a dude on an electric bike. He could do a dirt shark. He could do Ronnie Mack. He could do Johnny O'Hanna. He could do the Whoop Monster. Like think of the people that you could dig up and get on the line for this in well, our industry. He had to race. The exhibition was Trevor Piranha, who is some sort of Travis Pastrana alter ego offshoot. It wasn't actually Travis, but it's a character who has emerged from the Pastrana compound. So we oh, have so, another one. So he's not a, like a real person. It's a character also. Uh, uh, whatever you want to call them. Okay. I, I don't believe his real name is Trevor Piranha. But <laughs> that is a cool name. Like Mack. It's a damn cool so name. Go, yeah. If your name was yeah. Trevor Piranha, that was pretty. That'd be sweet. Um, and then uh, Ricky Fowler showed up and uh, was one of the uh, crew members for Ronnie Mac. Eventually, the, the, the fever, the Ronnie Mac fever, is sweeping the area, and even Ricky Fowler got in on it. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we could we could really make this thing go off the rails. Uh, as far yeah. as Monster Cup, yeah, JT, I'm kind of with you. Not exciting. Weed, you weren't there. You at the AIM Expo. Um, wasn't anything that I'm going to remember. Kenny's first race on the Honda was cool, and he was great. He's lucky he didn't, you know, didn't kill himself with it with his second crash. But outside of Kenny, man, there wasn't much going on out there. There really wasn't. Um, but I love the Joker Lane. I love three laps. I thought the start worked well. JT, did you think the start worked? I did for everyone, but um, Mitch Chancantro, Mitchell Falk, who crashed. Which one crashed? Yeah, uh, I don't know. One of those amateurs. Yeah, for everybody with them, I thought it worked okay. I was scared for I was scared for really for for the kids more than anything. Uh, but it was all right. Yeah, it looked scary. Like you know, their guys were spinning pretty bad coming down, and then they catch traction again. Mm-hmm. And, but uh, I don't think it would be a good idea more than you know once a year. But it seemed to work out. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about the future of this race either. Like, I mean, obviously they're going to keep having it. Everything else, Monster wants it, but I don't know exactly where we're going with this race. They should put it closer to Anaheim. Yeah, uh, I think November would be the right time. Yeah, there's been a call for that, right? Like I've heard, I don't know. and maybe maybe from you, I've heard from other people, I believe too, that the the teams would like to move it to November so it's a little bit more of a, a real test. Yeah. Uh, they have time to get everything acclimated and parts built and actually try things, and it's not such a burden on, you know, the uh-huh. contract time. There's no arena crosses going on. They could do it. No problem. Yeah, you've been on that uh, arena cross bandwagon. Ah, I just I look at the potential of arena cross, and I'm just like, what are you guys doing? They're just screwing it up. 
Like, well, what? Arena Cross used to be great. Hasn't been the same since Budman. <laughs> oh, Budman. <laughs> Danny Budman. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like they should do something, so. Um, yeah, I've heard teams say that uh, they would like it Monster Cup moved back because that's what forces these, uh, you know, the, the, for example, this donation decision uh, or even these USGPs or anything like that. That's what makes it that much harder. I mean, you're literally, I mean, what is the turnaround from donations to uh, Monster Cup, like two weeks or something? Um, that makes it even harder to do the donations um, thing. And Cooper Webb, I guess he actually broke his finger at donations. And that's why I didn't race. So there's a perfect example. No, I didn't hear that. And Anderson mm. obviously uh, yeah. didn't race either. I'm sure he would have. He raced last year. Yeah, like where was everyone? Uh, Osborne got hurt. Anderson got hurt. What, is Porcel still jacked up? He was in the press box watching right okay. in front of me. Okay. Um, he looked okay. The JGR guys, I get it. Too too late. You know, too 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 late for the get on the new Suzuki's and all that. RCH, who knows? I get that. There's three guys. There's three guys from JGR. There's all of Rockstar Husky. Like, it really was kind of a perfect storm of dudes um, missing out. Wait. Yeah, I had a list going into the weekend. I had a list, and it was it was incredible how many guys were out. Well, what's that, Weege? Didn't Davalos race? No. No. He had a oh, broken he leg. Oh. Yeah, he broke his what? leg. Which, yeah, he's broke his leg. He's riding again Incredible. now, but it was uh, – Pretty, it was kept pretty quiet that he had a broken leg for a long time. Yeah. Um, but this is what you're talking about. I was wondering why there seemed to be less buzz, because I'm like, what's the difference? I mean, Roxanne won last year. Mm-hmm. He could have won this year. Like, Telmec wasn't in it last year. He was in I'm like, what's the difference? Right. So that's the difference. The, you, this running list starting yeah. to. Yeah. Brighton. Yeah, it was the, just a lack of depth, I think, as far as star power. Yep. You know, you had your top three, and, and I guess you could lump Chad in there, too. But besides that, it was just, you know, like yeah. I looked down the list, and, and trust me, I was one of those guys, so it's not a knock against them. It's just when you look at last year's lineup compared to this year's, it was noticeably lacking. Brandon Shearer just wrote it right into the top 18. Just wrote it right, right in. No offense to yeah. him, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it definitely was lacking a little bit. So, um, all right, next item. On the agenda. Speaking of stew, it's November first when we're doing this, and we don't know what Stu's doing, and we don't know what Mookie's doing either. We each we had a poll on the uh, or not a poll, but a question on the Pulp Show. We had Ronnie, James, and Mookie Stewart, and we said how many Stewarts will be on the line at uh, at A one. And I just went with two, Ronnie and Mookie. What do you think? I think Ronnie uh, has had less of a problem getting rides. You know, he was on the yeah. he was Candyman for a while. Yeah, and up on another team. Yeah. Uh, so for whatever reason, Ronnie doesn't seem to have a problem getting Ron, rides. Then. Ronnie's program is solid. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Ronnie's got to figure out. <laughs> yeah. Um, a Mookie interview just popped up uh, on MX Large. Who obviously, I mean, you got nothing more. I mean, that's. You talk about fair and balanced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We report, you decide. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess they interviewed him at. Um, he didn't race straight for them because he was making money over in uh, Holland. Right. So good for him there. But in an interview, if it's to be trusted, he said, 
yep, no ride. Now I just got to hope, you know, maybe somebody gets hurt and I'm a replacement rider. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Wow. Yeah, that's nuts. And then, like, is James Stewart, who will go down as one of the very best riders ever, is this how he goes out? Like, he's just done because he can't get hired? Is this how it ends? Like, cue the lights turning off and the the curtain closing? We're done? That's it? Like candles? Yeah. I mean... Remember, I was making to think about him missing out the year and being Cujo and coming back, and he, the winds are going to be like blood. He's going to smell the blood, and, and he's that's it. He's back in his cage, and it's, it's over. Uh, just just chewing on a bone now, and just I mean, random walk. But having said that, like, I don't know who would pay him to ride dirt bikes. I want to see him out there. I don't want him to go out like this as a as a fan, as a guy that's seen the kid, you know. His whole career, almost every single race he's ever done, I've been there, and, and uh, I, I I don't want to see him go out. But then again, I would not write <clears throat> I would not write a check for any amount to pay him to ride. So I guess this is it, JT. That's it. That's how it's, that's how it's going to go. So you're you're retiring him? Well, who would pay him to ride motorcycles? Red Bull, Red Bull, and GoPro. But he doesn't seem like he's trying to help that situation either. But is that enough to go racing? Yes. Okay, so you, it is. you would I mean, t- it is for me. I feel like those guys, those companies pay pretty well. So you would take that money, buy, get some bikes, get some parts, get a fun mover, and go on the road? I don't know. I mean, would I? Yes. Would he? Probably not. It doesn't sound like it. But... Yeah, I mean, I think I, I don't feel sorry for him. I don't because I know he could he could make a living doing oh, this. Yeah, this from, is from sponsors. So I don't I don't feel bad that you know he's he doesn't have people beating down his door because he hasn't raced very much. So it's it's tough to tie up that much budget, and it's not a personal thing. There, are, I'm sure there are plenty of companies that would be willing to sponsor him, but you know, the the big money deals that he's probably looking for, I don't see how anybody could justify those right now. Well that's so, what I'm saying. So Yeah, he's in a he's in a tough spot. He's gonna have to re reassess his expectations, I think. And if he does that, then I think there are plenty of opportunities out there. Is this really how it's gonna end? I don't think anybody can answer that other than him because like I said, he's gonna have to change the way he or change what he's looking for, change what he deems acceptable. And and I'm we're obviously speculating. I've obviously haven't spoken to him and I don't think anybody in this group really has. But I, I feel like that's where he's at as he's never been in a situation other than when people are beating the door to beating mm-hmm. the door down to hire him. Right. So uh this is this is new territory for him and He's probably had, you know, a bit of an ego check, and um, at this point, it's really where does he go from here? Is he willing to kind of suck it up and and race for maybe less than he's ever raced before? I don't, I can't answer that. You know, what is his financial situation? I don't. Is he able to just walk away? I, I don't know. You know, I, I don't I think he's probably spent a lot of money. I don't think dudes like him, Ricky, you know, Dunge, like. They're just out if they're not going to make a certain amount of money. Like I would say that about Chad, except Chad sort of proved that he was willing to put his money down, and when no one would hire him, and, and Chad probably made himself another few extra million dollars by that, doing that uh, over the course I think of his he deal. Probably spent 
He, I, I think he spent more than he made. Uh, okay. I think you're you're incorrect on those. Well, he but. he would not be racing anymore. He would well, all the money he earned in 2009. That's all the money he would earn because no one was going to hire him. So he's right. earned. I, I don't think he. I don't think he's made money over the last few years. Like that whole two two motorsports thing, I think was a money loser. Yes, but now the last couple of years, he's you know got a ride. So well, last year, I mean, he. Yeah. he I know what he made last year, and it was. And, Not great, and he'll make by any stretch know. of the imagination. So, I mean, I just think a guy like like James is just not going to do it. Just I don't want to. You know, I'm used to making a ton of money, and he didn't even make that much money from Yosh, but he's not going to do it. He made he made significantly more from Yosh than Chad was making by multiples. Um, well, I don't know. We'll see. I think one thing to keep in mind here's the huge difference. Uh, there's no doubt now, looking back, 2011, uh, Reed started his own team because he clearly still was fired up and had things to prove, and then he went out and at times rode as well as we ever saw him ride over that, that span with 2-2. Is James head in the game like that? Like, does he have that desire? Is he like, is he thinking I'm not going out like this? Like, I'm going to show the industry in the way that Reed did in, in 2011? That's the, that's the question. I think that he might be willing to ride for a pay cut. I'm not sure this all only comes down to money. Does he even want to do this anymore? And yeah. even at the level, I mean, James here does not want to go out there and get 14th every weekend like what's happening in the Nationals this year. But the work that even he, as good as he is, would have to put in to compete, does he want to do that? It sure didn't look that way. Mm-hmm. It just feels well, an, an empty way to go out for a guy like that. I mean, everybody's everybody goes uh, out at some point. We saw that. You know, not everybody has the uh, amazing sign off like somebody like Car- RC did. You know, when he did a limited schedule, but gee. they don't. But I don't. I can't think of a guy of this stature having it go out this bad. Right. It either usually goes two ways. It ends not so badly, or with an injury. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing you can do about that. Like, hey, we were talking about RJ before. Yeah, it ended not awesome, but there was an injury. This is like a just RV injury. It's just going yep. out with a whimper, not a bang. Like it's just straight up. Yeah, not getting good results. Nobody's really interested. He's not really showing much. I mean, here's the thing: we haven't talked to him. That's true. The three of us. I'm not hearing any his name being thrown around as I heard he talked to these guys and I heard these guys were talking to him. Like, I just haven't heard anything, which is not a good sign. No, no. And then, no. and then, like you said, Mookie is waiting on maybe a replacement deal. The Mookie one's going to sting because, uh, it's going to look suspicious to a lot of people. Um, why he didn't have the ride. Uh, I can't imagine like if Anaheim one rolls around and he does not race, hell hath no fury about some of the things you're going to, See, said on social media, but unfortunately, most of those people aren't going to realize that Dean Wilson doesn't have a ride. I mean, I think I think Pickle and Bogle will end up on RCH, but I mean, it's been tough sledding for a lot of people. Mookie's a victim of the weirdo circumstances that a lot of riders are in now. I think as much as anything else, but half of these Stu fans aren't even going to know that. You know, no, because they're, they're you know, screwed by the right. I mean, Mookie. Was saying things about like, oh, they won't, you know, they won't give me a bike to ride outdoors with two years ago. And Geico's like, really? Huh? We didn't yeah. say that. Why are you saying that? Why are you telling people that? You know, like, so you know. Yes, he he asked them. He did not want to ride outdoors, so they need a replacement. They hire Christian Craig, 
and then it makes them look bad because it's like, but you said you couldn't give a bike to Mookie and you gave a bike to somebody else, but they didn't actually yeah. say um, that. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, look, hey, Tim Ferry didn't get a ride and won a title. Uh, Ty Davis didn't get a ride, won a title. I don't. Th- I think the Hoopster, the Hoop one, didn't have a ride He's the next like year. 30 years ago, Steve. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So? so? Yeah. I mean. I mean, the 85 Bears were incredible, too, but they would get their asses kicked if they played this weekend. What does that got to do? I'm not saying. That doesn't mean anything. No, it's just a different time. It's a different era. You know, I don't think. Well. Whatever the point is, is you can win a 125 Supercross title and not have a ride. It's happened before, through That's different saying, though, different times change and situations change. Yes, yes, thank you. But it's not unheard of. Like it's not. He didn't do the outdoors. He's never really. I added his stats up. Like he had ten. What was it ten top tens in sixty races or something outdoors or forty races? I mean, James Stewart is in no place. This is all whatsoever about This is all about a title right now. This is all about Mookie, by the way, J- JT. You're not even. We've been talking about Mookie, Geico, not giving him a ride. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I mean, I don't think Mookie can go win on a privateer bike, win a title, personally. But I'm saying him not having a ride isn't going to be this massive shock. It's not amazing. I mean, like we, like you said, well, Dean Wilson doesn't have a ride. I don't think there was a. I don't think there was a lack of interest. I just think he played a bad hand. That's my personal feeling. I mean, I just I think he he's proven he can ride a 450 well. I just I think he overleveraged himself. He thought he was more valuable than he was when you look at the amount of guys available. That really hurt his leverage. And I think, you know, I, I don't think he assessed his own situation very well. Um, I think if you look at how many Good guys, quality 450 guys were available. Uh, you kind of have to move pretty quick, and I don't think he wanted to do that. I think he was kind of holding out for you know a really good deal, and he chose to not race the outdoors. Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel I do, I do feel for him a bit because I think he is very talented and he's still young. Uh, but I think he he kind of misread uh, misread the situation a bit. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the MotorcycleSuperstore.com RacerX podcast. Thanks for listening, man. These things are going great, and I'm stoked with the responses from everybody, and uh, you guys have been doing a great job with the downloads. Don't forget the Fly Racing Moto 60 show on Thursdays, the Pulp MX show on Mondays, the NFAB RacerX fantasy show sometime in the middle of the week, and the Motorcycle Superstore, they're a passionate team who speak moto. If I'm talking about going riding, bench racing from the latest company ride, to the latest parts and gear, this is what drives them to be a place for you to check out all things motorcycles with the top brands in gear, accessories, tires, parts, and apparel. If you want to save there, they got everything you need to get out and ride. Go to the website to check out their in- inventory of brands, uh, over 700 of them. Do you speak moto? If you do, go to MotorcycleSuperstore.com. Use the code PB-PULP16 to uh, 10% off participating brands. PB-PULP16 saves you money. All right, let's get to these commercials from Racetech and Michelin and MotorcycleSuperstore.com. Thanks for listening. See you after the break. Racetech people, Racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with Racetech. Trust me on this. There's more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. 
I guarantee you, eh, probably 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for Racetech. I guarantee you. Freeze, Gilmore, some of the guys just using uh, Racetech, Privateer Proven. They work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Racetech high-performance springs. These springs are called high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10%? At uh, Racetech, go to Pulp MX 2015. When you order, you can save 10% at Racetech.com. And they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast, and we thank you guys. All right, back to the show. Michelin tires are back, people. MichelinMotorcycle.com. Michelin Starcross 5, brand new, available in hard, medium, soft, and sand. Uh, their off-road tires are some of the best ones out there, and they've revamped this whole lineup. There's no one who knows these tires better than our own, Chris Kiefer. When they're calling it comfort casing technology, what are they talking about? Is this a fancy marketing term or what? No, it's actually the carcass of the tire itself, so how much it flexes or how you know sidewall stiffness that you have when you come into corners. And what's cool about this tire is even from the previous version, on the MH3, it gives more. So when you hit square edge or you're coming out of a corner with some bumps, it has some give to it. It's more comfort, so it doesn't feel so rigid. A lot of that has to do with the, the CCT. So you're telling me the comfort casing at the end of the day, maybe it helps you a little bit to have some suspension and tires. Yeah, obviously it's flexing a little bit, but also, too, when you come into corners, you don't want it to roll on you. So they've got that dialed in to where you come into a corner and you still have enough stiffness where it grabs and bites, but yet straight line, you have comfort. Hey, as a former factory mechanic, Kiefer, I know all about mounting tires, um, so no problem for me to mount anything. Right. Well, maybe not a moose. Uh, you found mounting these new Michelin's uh, pretty easy, actually. Yeah, I'm a great test rider, but my mechanic skills are novice at best, so mounting the tire wasn't too bad. They sent me a bunch of tires to mount before testing, and I was out there busting in the garage, and normally you got to put some tires in the sun, let them soften up a little bit, but this... Uh, the bead rolls on really nice. I didn't have to struggle. No curse words were, were sworn in the garage. So uh, it was a lot better for me, you know, putting these on. Four versions of this tire. They cover all the uses, Kiefer. Reduced weight, comfort casing technology, mounting, traction, handling. They do it all. Starcross 5, MichelinMotorcycle.com. Thank those guys. Check them out at the local dealer people. These guys know tires and they know what they're doing. If he does outdoors weed, you think he gets a ride, Mookie? No, I don't think it would have any impact. And I don't want to no. give any uh, – there are certain people in the industry that says nobody cares about outdoors. Um, I mean, I bet you it helped Jeremy Martin. Uh, nobody cared about outdoors. Would Jeremy Martin be uh, where he is right now? So I don't agree that no one cares about outdoors. <laughs> However, I don't think uh, – even if Mookie did really well, I don't think we expected him to win the title if he raced outdoors, right? No, no. I think he did really good and got fifth in points. Yes, that would be that, really good. That would be really good, yes. That would be really good for, for someone his size on a 250F with, like you said, not a great uh, previous record outdoors. But even if he did that, why? Here's the whole situation. You tell me what team he should be on or what team Wilson should be on or any of these guys who are looking for rides. They literally are not spots. They literally aren't. So I don't know what what you're supposed to do. There just aren't spots. It's just bizarre. But don't you you think that 
if if Mookie had been proactive early and gone to RCH, had gone to a lot of these teams that had spots and said, yeah. you know, I'm willing to ride for a reasonable amount, a cheap price, or whatever the you know the situation dictated, and was very, um, I guess, didn't draw hard lines about what he wanted. I can't imagine one of those guys wouldn't have wouldn't have acted on that. I really think they would have, uh, given his age, given his potential to, uh, frankly, to, to podium and, and be at the front. I think he has elite level speed on a 450. He may crash some, but I think he can go the pace. Uh, and he, you know, he's marketable. He's, he's got a lot of uh, attractive qualities for potential teams and sponsors. I, I really think that he would have found himself with the deal pretty easily. Yeah, and the, the the guy who's not getting talked about here, this is the smartest guy of the entire off-season, silly season thing, is Blake Baggett. There's no huge difference between Baggett and a lot of these other dudes who currently don't have deals. Baggett figured it out, man. I mean, he was on a team that was folding, and he scurried away, got locked in. Uh, it's not like the BTO team. Sorry, <clears throat> Rocky Mountain ATV, MC, KTM team. That's not a joke. Like, that's a legit team. I'm sure he's not making a lot of money, but I'd way rather be in Blake Baggett's situation, and that deal was signed early, than a lot of the other guys. So I, is that what you're saying? You could have played it like that. Baggett yeah, played it. Yeah, no, I think uh, yeah. that's yep. when I, you know, when I first was saying, I think he overplayed his hand a bit, you know, and when there's a situation where there's an abundance of riders and a, you know, a shortage of rides, you you can't leverage it. I mean, you've got to you've got to go get the spot because people did want him, but they knew that yeah. if you know, okay, you want to play hardball, there's a lot of guys we can go hire, no problem. You know, you take your hard line, and we'll go hire someone else for half yeah. the price and be done. No, yeah, Forrest Forrest Butler explained it to me that way also. You know, he's like, it's kind of a toss up, and if you're going to ask for a bunch of money later, you know, right. if you're going to be hard to deal with later, because uh, it's you're not elite level guy where I got to bend over, you know, backwards yeah, for that, you. That's you know? just, so. I feel like that's just assessing the situation, you know, and then that's kind of what I was saying with he played his hand poorly, you know, you've got to know where you fit in and know when you have the hammer and when you don't, you know, and, and unfortunately this was a year when guys had to, you know, the teams, it was kind of the revenge of the teams a little bit where they could basically say, nah, we're going to pay you half of what, you know, we have to or typically would because if you don't want it, someone else will take it. Weed, are you saying that Chupacabra smelled blood early? Uh, Chupacabra is somewhat considered a rat to some degree, mm-hmm. somewhat of a rat-like yeah, a creature, rat-like. right? <laughs> yes, yes. Scurried away. Right. Scurried away like a rat. Like the people, in, exterminators in New York City have been trying to kill those things for 2,000 years. You yeah. can't do it. Yeah. He just scurried away. I mean, honestly, it's, it just looks like Blake Baggett has a ride on a team. But to me, that one really stands out. I'm like, this dude played his hand right. I mean, is there a massive difference between Baggett and Dean Wilson? I mean, we've been talking about those two as being a toss-up for yeah. Seven years now. Bogle? But yeah, Bogle. I mean, Bogle. Yeah, I mean, you're, all these guys are good. They're all fairly similar, but there's Baggett, no stress. He had a ride locked in early. Yeah. Um, I tell you, I tell you. At, at, mm-hmm. Sorry, I didn't mean to tell you off there. I thought you were done. Yeah, Sorry, you're good. Um, you're good. Just in, in speaking with Forrest with, on the Blake Baggett thing, I know his real motivator for, for choosing Baggett because he had talked to a bunch of guys. He talked to Weston Pike. He, he had Dino on his radar for a little bit, um, you know, Blake Baggett, keeping Justin Brayton. And there, there were a lot of ways to go, just like everybody else. You know, all these guys were on the table for a lot of teams. Keeping Brayton? But, keeping Brayton? 
was on the table? Yeah, that's what I said that. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I, the biggest thing for Forrest was he really, really believes that if he's healthy and he has a, you know, a healthy, it doesn't even matter if he's a successful Supercross season, but if he's healthy going to the outdoors, he feels like he can be a podium guy. And I, I can't really argue it. If you look at it on paper, sure, why not? Why couldn't no. he? He has all the credentials Absolutely. of the guys, you know, in front of him. So I, that was the deciding factor for Forrest was he's never really had a guy that was a legitimate win contender in the outdoor championship. And I think with, you know, he, he's kind of riding, uh, riding in with Millsaps, hoping Davey can really put something together in Supercross. But he knows when it comes outdoors, as long as Blake's healthy, he's got a legitimate guy to go uh, put something together for the outdoors. And I know, you know, DeCost, Roger DeCoster and Ian Harrison are, are on that same belief that with their program and their bike and, and Blake's talent that they, they could possibly do something. Dude, I'm, I'm, I'll tell you what. The 18 has rediscovered his love of outdoors. All it took was going to Canada, that great country of Canada, and racing that deep, deep field every weekend. And you will see the 18 has a number one plate, has the confidence, knows he can ride outdoors. If, if, if he can just stay together. You've always been there for him. I have been. Um, it's, it, it does suck that Davey is, what, 27? How old is Davey? Uh, he turned pro in 04. He was 16 in 04. So let's say 28. It sucks that 28-year-old Davey Millsaps probably has the body of what, 74-year-old? Yeah, him and Travis Petrana. <laughs> probably are, uh, 200 close. years old collectively. <laughs> yes. So, you know, that's the part where the 18 has to try to stay together. But I, I, I think he was enjoyed in Canada. I think he went pretty fast and. Maybe got his love of outdoors back. so Or the effort of outdoors, anyways. We'll see. Um, Dino. By the way, well, go ahead. it is true that this had Honda not been coming out with a brand new bike and then there were some production holds up with this earthquake and all that, this wouldn't even be a discussion. I, I think the Geico Honda 450 thing would have just happened like it usually does and there wouldn't be any problems. So, yeah, it's just that it's like another. Like it was just, yeah. Another. These weird circumstances piled up. I, I've never seen a year like right. this with this shortage of rides, this many good riders. In the end, if Mookie has to go on Instagram and say, sorry, everyone, I won't be lining up in Anaheim. I was unable to get a ride. I mean, the people are going to go nuts. But people like us who follow this very closely know, eh, there were a lot of things that broke weird this year that don't normally happen. And it's not just some anti-Mookie you know, or anti any of these guys. Like, if you're Dean Wilson, you probably just have to be like, ah. Makes yeah, me wonder. Uh, just terrible. It makes me wonder a little bit. You know, DeCoster has three 450 guys, the the Red Bull guys, KTM. They, great job by them. they got three guys, Marvin, yes, Dunge, and Kennard. Yeah. And so there, Dean wasn't going there. We, we knew that. Although, I mean, maybe. I talked to, to, to Dean about it. They didn't tell They didn't tell Dean, like, hey, you suck, you're out. But my point is, is all, after all that talking, like I wonder if, okay, did they pay Kennard like a really good salary, like what he was making at Honda, because they wanted him that bad, or did they want Kennard and got him cheap, you know, because he's looking for a ride, or, you know, was, like, why did they sign Kennard over everybody else? Uh, price matters, I'm sure. But it seems like he signed early enough where they kind of maybe went after him, which means Trey could name a price, you know? I just wonder. I don't know. I wonder how that went down. 
price-wise and desire-wise of like, or was Roger and Ian like, hey, we need Kennard? I put Kennard a level above most of the other guys we're talking about because here's the difference. Trent has literally won 450 races against anybody. Like he's straight up beat Ken Rockson, straight up beat Ryan Dungey indoors and out here and there, which none of those other guys that we're talking about can legitimately say that. So I don't, I don't think. So you think, you think he's making, he's making really good money and KTM went after Kennard. That would be your, your thinking. That would be my theory. I mean, it was only 2015. He won two out of three supercrosses at one point and, you know, two out of two out of three. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever rounds like six and or five and seven. Right. Um, that was only one whole season ago. What do you think, JT? Uh, I think he took a significant pay cut from where he was at at Honda. I don't have any evidence of that or or proof, um, but I just think that's how it went. I think KTM probably got him at a good value. Uh, they realize if he's at 100%, he's a podium-level guy, win-level win guy, and he could round out their team very, very strongly. And I think, you know, I, I think his they basically Honda chose to give uh, Seeley the deal instead of Trey, and that left Trey, you know, looking for a factory-level deal, and there weren't a lot out there. So I think he probably um, saw the situation, and, and, you know, I don't think he – didn't get decent money, but I think he probably took a pay cut and saw that it was a, a good opportunity uh, to kind of rejuvenate himself. So I don't think it was uh, anything like, you know, the Dungy Canard, or I'm sorry, Dungy Rocks and those guys' money. It's probably more like a Marvin deal. Do you think it's it's 400? I was going to, yeah, if I had to put a number on it, I would say somewhere between four and 500. And that's a pure guess. Yeah. I, I literally have not asked or talked to anyone about numbers like that. And you wonder, too, you know, there's another spot, another factory bike open uh, that was locked up early, not, and even earlier than KTM. It's Josh Grant. Yep. Like, what did Cowie see? Because to me, I'm signing Dean. I'm signing Bogle. I'm signing Tickle. All over Josh Grant. That's just me. And so they just, I mean, he filled in. I guess they liked him. I guess he, you know, worked well with the team. Cowie's big on that, fitting in with the team and fitting in with the, with the number one guy, whether it was Villapoto and now it's Tomac. And so did Cowie just go, you know what? Yeah, we're good. You know, he he's going to ride for this much, and and we're good. I just wonder the thought process behind that too, because you know there was never really any talk of anybody going to Cowie. Josh was inked early in the outdoors. So, yeah, I think uh, yeah, true. Just knowing these guys were out there, it, it, you have to question everything. Yeah, like, yeah. They were practically free guys that are really good. It makes you just wonder. Do you know what? Under normal circumstances, we wouldn't question it at all. Do you know what any of those guys I just named would do for the factory Cowie spot? <laughs> like, like if you just line them up and like, like, hey, like you know, like Pike and Bull, like you guys are gonna f- all go in an octagon. The winner gets the ride. You know, I get it. <laughs> yeah, Pike probably gets it, but you know what I mean, like. Whoever comes out, yeah. you know, missing the least amount of ears and noses and eyes gets the gets the rod. Because um, that's a great spot and a good bike and everything. So it's They're just, all kind of the same, right? You know, for Cowie, if you're looking at it, you've got a guy. He's already in place. You know what you're getting. He was pretty consistent. You know, for, for Josh Grant, he was really consistent as far as, you know, he was mm-hmm. a 6 through 10 guy. Uh, he clearly, they clearly like him personally, yeah. and yeah, I think and he fits in there. Yeah, fit in. Yeah. So when you look at what your options are, there wasn't 
anything out there that's like, oh man, we we have to move on that. That was you could you don't really think, make a case for over Josh Grant. You don't so. think you'd want to move on Bogle? Like to me, the youngest guy and the you know the most flash. You know. Yeah, I maybe, but uh, I don't think it was a situation where it was like. I just don't think Bogle's shown that he's going to win races or anything. You know, um, I think if Bogle, we can work had, with speed. What about the we can work with speed? I don't think he has. I've seen elite level speed. I mean, I, I just don't see him beating Dungey or Roxon. I don't. I don't see that. Maybe you know, maybe he did win a heat race, but I don't see him beating those guys. So hmm. okay. uh, I haven't seen the flashes that would make me think and along the lines that we can work with speed. Okay. Yeah, we Have can you? work with speed, remember, was being um, filling in for Chad Reed on 2-2 and being the fastest qualifier in the 450 class. Dude, wasn't Bogle fastest qualifier or really good a few times? And mm. I mean... He wasn't He wasn't doing the things Dean level. was that year. I mean... Yeah. Dean was straight, I, up, straight up winning heats setting the fastest lap multiple times. I mean, it was, it, to me, it was a different scenario than, than what Justin did yeah. last year. If it wasn't so late, yeah. I was into it. I would dig up these times of right. Bogle, and I would show you guys that Bogle was really fast at times, really fast. No, Bogle was really good. And, oh, by the way, Bogle's also an awesome starter. And like you said, it was basically his first year making him essentially younger with maybe more upside potential than most of these guys were talking about. I think under most circumstances, that's just tantalizing the teams. But, uh I can't put him in the category that we had Dean a few years ago when it was. Yeah, Dean was probably the fastest guy at Daytona. Hey, He's I just probably the fastest dude. I just pulled up a random race and Josh Grant outqualified Bogle. <laughs> oh, <there you laughs> Damn it! <laughs> I just was like, I was going to show you guys like the first thing I pulled up. <laughs> uh, all right, never mind. I, I don't think at any point we were saying going into the main event of the night show like, man, I think like can Bogle. Run up there with Dungeon Rocks and Antonio? Can he run with those guys? But with Dean, that was a legitimate, uh, for a couple weeks there, he was actually doing that or making you think he might be able to do that. Well, yeah. Um, a guy who's, who's probably going to be right out is Jake Weimer. Like, literally, nothing. He has nothing. Yeah. He got 10th in the points. He had surgery to, to, yep. to remove some hardware. He didn't ride outdoors at all. And I don't, Weimer has nothing. Like, right? Nobody gives Jake anything, and that's brutal. Brutal. Well, I think uh, RCH all along has maintained that they would love to have a fill deal with somebody, which would obviously be Weimer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if they're going to be able to get it done. I mean, it's taking forever to even get two riders on the team, let alone a second and a half. But <laughs> Yeah, like what is going on right now with RCH? Like what is happening? They went from every outside the industry sponsor you could have. They had two casinos. Two casinos. Yeah. They had Dodge. Yeah. They had uh, the sandwich company. I mean, they they ran out of space, and now they have nothing. Zero. And, I mean, I think they'll have a team. I think it's going to happen, but. Talk about a fall from grace for those guys. You know, they're scrambling to get to get get something. Yeah, very. I mean, you add all these things up, and that's the point I keep kind of repeating here with this Moogie thing. Yosh shuts down. RCH goes from tons of sponsors to no sponsors. Um, Honda can't provide an extra 450 uh, for Geico. You just add all these things up. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, previous teams have shut down. Like, luckily, most people from 2-2 were able to get absorbed. But there's a couple things that happened in the last year or two that's just ruining dudes. But don't worry, everyone. Don't worry. Marty's in his ninth year, 11th year, making three 400 against half the competition. He's good. Don't worry, everyone. He's not making three to four hundred. Come no on, he probably is. No way. I, I would disagree with that. I don't. I don't know the number, but I would disagree with that. My point is, is there's a bunch of two fifty dudes that are skating by with good bikes and good rides, no issues. Everything's great all down there in that class. And guys who who step up and race against the world's best and and race on a tougher bike and everything else, nothing. That's why our sport needs a little bit of reform. Maybe Trump can make it great again. I don't know. There's a, there's a weird thing that you have to remember about what makes this sport turn that you just can't compare it to other things. It's true that in most sports, the, the Premier League versus the league right under it. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll just use an NASCAR example. The interest in the Xfinity Series compared to the Cup Series is not even close. It's like 120th the level of interest. Um, but it's not the same between the 250 and the 450 class here because ultimately it was paying the bills. These manufacturers trying to sell bikes. They want to sell 250s. They're on the showroom floor right next to 450s. So it's not a massively lesser class to them. If they can win a title there, they can win a race there. That's still a really big deal. It's not like, eh, we won the secondary class. It's not quite as big, but I don't think the gap is as big as it is in most sports. So it's always going to look strange. I agree. You know, Jordan Smith, R.J. Hampshire, Marty, uh, you can go down the line of guys who are they're, they're basically being signed on potential as opposed to they've mm-hmm. shown for sure they're going to figure it out, maybe. They're being paid because of a maybe where these 450 guys just can't get anything. I know that looks super weird, but the way it is. Yep. No, I, I agree. I, I don't have to like it, though. I don't have to like it. I once heard from Keith McCarty way back. Teams looking for two things, wins or the potential for wins. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, well, I don't know. We're at the point now where, I mean, there's some great guys that don't have a ride, and it's a shame. It's, it's a, it, yeah. you know, it's just a shame. I don't – it's a pox on our sport. We all look bad that these dudes – I'm not saying they need to be multimillionaires or anything else, but, I mean, there are guys that just have nothing. And I'm just like, come on, man. What are, what's wrong with us? What is happening here, you know? I used to complain about these dudes not making, you know, only making 50 grand, you know, while Dungey makes, you know, 50 million or five, whatever, 10 million. And the guy 10 spots below him is making 100 grand. Hell, these guys would kill for 100 grand right now. You know what Weimer would do for 100 grand ride? Again, going back to the octagon. Yeah, I mean, you can't regulate that stuff. No, I know. No, yeah, there's no, there's no way to fix it. It just has to be, it has to be, you know, done over time and realized over time and everything else, but... Man, we're a little broken right now. That's it's not a good not a good thing to do. You know, I Dunn should make more than those guys, and, and, and Tomac should make more than those guys, a lot more. But do, do we really got nothing? We don't even have jobs for these guys. I don't know. Thank God podcasting's going well. Everyone's got a podcast. That market is fine. That's strong. Podcasting in moto is is great. Dirt bike racing though, not so much. So, um, all right. Anything else? Are we? We got anything? What races are you? Uh, you're you're about to kick off your overseas. 
<laughs> stand here, right? Tour to Europe. Um, just Lille is coming up um, November 10th or whatever, 11th. Um, and maybe Geneva. I don't know. I haven't heard anything, but I will be going to Lille. Barsha will be there. Um, Mookie will be there. Christian Craig will be there. Um, Marvin. Marvin. Yeah. Um, and then in uh, Sydney's coming up. That's that should be great. I'm looking forward to seeing how RV does. So you're going to Sydney? No, but it's coming up. Oh, um, yeah. So I'm just going to Lil. Um, that'll be fun. Right. I mean, Mar- me, Barsha and I have, we haven't caught up for a while. Should be fun. RV what... predictions? Oh man, when you th- we talked about it last night on the Pulp Show a little bit. Like, th- there's more than just Chad and Cooper, right? Like, there, there there's Reardon and there's Brayden. Right and Wilbur and uh, am I missing? I think I'm missing another Aussie guy that's been doing well. Um, uh, in the Ferris. Uh, yeah, Ferris. Like Brayton uh, will be really good. Oh in yeah, that venue. Oh yeah. So I mean, it's an inside. You know, it's a small arena. It'll he'll be really good. Like, can RV get fifth or sixth? Is that that's fine, right? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's gonna be a great race. I mean, there's no way to predict it. You know, but all mm-hmm. those guys are gonna be within the same second. On that track, yeah. So, um, Weech, before we let you go, uh, what did you hear? What do you hear from the JGR guys on on the Suzuki switch? What do we hear? Faster than ever, um, best bikes ever, incredible, blah blah blah. Yeah, I mean, I've even had to make fun of Jay Bone, but he's like, "Man, things are going really good. These guys really love these bikes." <laughs> we we always and Jay Bone says he always wouldn't even allow himself to consider. I mean, when you're you're married to a brand, so the last thing you're going to do is convince yourself, "Yep." Their bike isn't as good as others that we have to race against. So you're always mm-hmm. going to tell yourself that it's good. So now he's allowed himself to think, okay, maybe maybe it was the bike all along. So they suddenly think this bike is great. And I was like, yep, that's what everybody says in October. We'll see. Um, I mean, I know they are really uh, struggling to get all the parts and pieces and everything they need. I mean, they've got literally a – like a room full of Yamaha parts that are now obsolete to them and really struggling to get enough Suzuki stuff. I can't get bikes. But, you know, you're, you've worked for a factory team, Steve. You, you know the amount of stuff you really need to really make it work. Um, just a weird off-season for them because of that. But like the team's super pumped on the bike itself when they – get all the stuff they need. So we'll see if that actually means anything. JT, you've, uh, you've, sh- you've rode them for dirt rider for a shootout. Yamaha best motor, right? And Suzuki handles really good, right? Yeah. I think the Yamaha motor and the KTM motor were, were virtually identical. Okay. So uh, why doesn't JGR cram a Yamaha motor in the Suzuki chassis? Boom. Alrighty. <laughs> now that would shake things up around. And you flip it backwards. <laughs> that would shake things up, I'll tell you. <laughs> what? You show up with a Yamaha motor and the gas tank in the airbox on the RMZ. <laughs> Yo, look what we did. It's Frankenbike. <laughs> I think the Suzuki will be good. I, I really do. I think they'll uh, – I don't know if they'll be better. Yeah. But I think, I think the Suzuki has a lot of potential. Obviously, Kenny killed everyone on it. But um, I think it's a bike that – can be made very, very good. I don't think it's necessarily the best stock bike because I think the engine's a bit behind right now. But I think people that are very smart can make that bike very good mm-hmm. uh, if you have resources. So I think I think they'll like it. I think uh, I think Justin will 
people like the change. It's a smaller bike. It turns better than the Yamaha does. Uh, so I think he'll he'll find some uh, you know advantages there. How he races on it, who knows? But I think initially it'll get him excited because it does do some things you you know uh, better than the Yamaha does. But I don't know that. Um, you know, I think it'll be take a lot of work to get the same engine package. So, yeah, uh, I, I, like I, like we've talked about, I think anything to get those guys excited and motivated and encouraged again is is a plus. Yep, should be great to see how they do. Um, all right, Wygant, uh, great job hanging in there tonight, buddy. Really, oh, want, yeah. you really want? Oh, I guess I got three more hours on my side. Like I'm like, didn't you guys just do the same thing? Yeah. <laughs> Um, MotorcycleSuperstore.com RacerX Podcast presented by Fox Racing uh, We thank those guys We thank uh, Jason Thomas and uh, and Jason Weege And Jason Weege, the Weege Wygant uh, Thanks guys See ya See ya, See ya whatever the next time is yeah. Yep Thanks for listening to the Steve Mathis Show Presented by Fox Racing forget to check out some of our past shows including motocross legends such as the bad boy rick johnson i looked down and my hand was junk i mean yeah. it was sitting over to the side the tendons were jerking in weird places and my biggest disappointment with danny store because that he never said sorry danny and i were friends and we've never talked since brian lunas before the 500 event dave and i fly to germany go down to stuttgart there's this little shop out the back of the mall factory we get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't been, you know, yeah. if, it, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take the money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. 
Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the years.